My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. Yoga does not remove us from the reality or responsibilities of everyday life, but rather places our feet firmly and resolutely in the practical ground of experience. We don't transcend our lives. We return to the life we left behind in the hopes of something better. Donna Fargi. Imagine if you add orgasmic pleasure to the yoga mix. Welcome back, everyone, to Girl Boner Radio. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I'm so excited to talk about this wonderful topic today. We've addressed orgasmic yoga a little bit with Dr. Martha Tara Lee, um, who talked about her 30-day challenge, which was awesome, and I really learned a lot from her. And I'm super stoked to learn more about kind of group style orgasmic yoga, and some of the really awesome takeaways that we can all get from this type of work. I have a wonderful guest joining me today, Dr. Victoria Ruvini, a.k.a. sexologist Vixen. She joined me first in September 2014, which wow. is amazing, yeah, to chat about kink and BDSM. And, Victoria, you were the first guest to bring in <laughs> kinky toys. She walks in with her whip, and I was like, I love you. <laughs> so thanks for being here, Victoria. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me back. So tell us how you started this work in orgasmic yoga. Oh, so it's kind of a interesting journey. I uh, discovered orgasmic yoga through my training as a sexological body worker. So when we got to our in-person two-week training, we would start our day for almost two weeks with a group of like 20-something, 25-ish people, including the instructors, um, a bunch of different genders and presentations and orientations and ages, and it was glorious. Um, and there's nothing that can quite replicate doing that along with we were constantly embodied and doing hands-on work together. But uh, I, I am so enamored of this practice that I wanted to at least bring a taste of it to people in L.A. or other cities that will have me. <laughs> Amazing. So for people who are not familiar, because when I first heard the term orgasmic yoga, I think a lot of us picture like – you know, I pictured people doing these yoga positions while having sex or, you know, and tell us kind of what actually it is. Absolutely. So um, sidebar, I love that you mentioned Martha Terrelly and that's who you spoke to before. I actually did uh, during Masturbation May um, her 30 day challenge on my own. Awesome. So that was, oh, man. A lot of resistance. Intense, so I bet. It's, it's even on your own. It's just like a huge commitment, but highly encouraged. Um, but uh, the, so the way it, it kind of works is the, the how it's close to or how it relates to yoga in that way is that it's a practice to be practiced. And uh, it's not so like, OK, and now we do this pose and, you know, bend here and da da da. It's not uh, the way I do it is not as structured or it's not about poses per se, but it's about um, coming in using conscious breath, movement, sound, touch, and weaving that into your uh, self-pleasuring practice, masturbation, uh, and uh, 
putting along uh, an intention and uh, placing attention on your practice. Mm. So it's not just mindless masturbation. Okay, get this done over, you know, like 15 minutes. It's a set time and and we don't take time. And I think that's the huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because we're so, we're like, just, I'm going to get off now. It's mm-hmm. like, I want to orgasm, therefore the I will masturbate. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So let's say somebody's brand new to this practice. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, be natural to have some butterflies and oh, feel absolutely. a little, they show up to a class, say I walk in and mm-hmm. I'm like, what do I do? So yeah. what happens for me first? Well, so first things is that um, there's no touching of anyone else. Um, but even if you came with a partner, sorry, sad day. <laughs> even like, please don't cuddle. The single people feel sad. Um, yeah. So you come in. Um, there's not going to be any touching. There's no eye gazing when we do the practice. Also, I start with a little intro and I talk about the history. So it's not just like, okay, now that you know all of us are here, boom, like we go. Let's touch I ourselves. Talk a little bit. We do a little intro. Say our names. You know, like what what brought us here. What is our interest in this? Um, and I filter people because I don't want people to just show up and like, you know, Joe Schmo off the street, which, sure. is a, you know, got to filter. So there's people. a level of trust and respect. Absolutely. Um, and we're all there for the same intent or similar intentions. Um, so we, after I do my little intro and I give like suggestions on like paying attention to your breath or movement or et cetera, um, uh, I might even ask like, I might sometimes ask a question. I'm trying to work on getting better in my formatting because I'm human and I forget and I sometimes just want to get to it. Um, but sometimes I'll ask a question of like, what is sex positivity to you? What are your relations to um, your body image and things like that? So kind of we build this community um, and, and it fosters a little bit of a level of intimacy, but it's not like, OK, and now we're going to do this thing um, together. But together, (laughs) you're missing all my facial reactions in this podcast. They're quite um, good. (laughs) um, So even though there's no eye gazing, I tell people, you know, don't have to keep your eyes super tightly closed. It's not like, oh, God, you said, don't look at anyone. Uh." No, but like if you do look around, it's a very soft gaze, appreciative gaze. You're not lingering on anyone. You're not trying to steal energy from anyone. Um, You're really there for you. And we're all there kind of as witnesses and holding space. Mm. Um, and so uh, it's pretty free form and people kind of do what they do. Um, most people will stay like in their own little like nest area. I've had people ask, oh, can I dance around? I've had dancers sometimes come to my, my classes and I said, well, just be mindful of your space in relation to others, yeah. you know, your body in relation to others. But um, so far, no one's really taken me up on using the rest of the space. That's fine. You know, no rush. Yeah. It's, it's all on everyone's time. But um, uh, so then... Uh, I'll send in, I'll, I'll, sorry, I'll call it like different like little suggestions as we go along. Don't forget to breathe or remember to breathe. Or um, if you haven't gotten up in a while, I challenge you to do that or totally disregard me, like whatever. For some people, it's just a huge step of just being there. Sure. And there's never a requirement to like totally get nude or, or what have you. People can just be completely clothed and just sit there and breathe for the 45 minutes and just do kegels or do like a little heart connection. Um but sometimes I've had people, like, the second I say go, the whole class was naked and I was the one overdressed. And I'm like, <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I was going to ask about that. So so you can be clothed or not. So, yes. And, and when you first start, so you said it's very free form. Mm-hmm. Uh, are people basically supposed to be touching their pelvic area throughout the whole 
class or is it kind of just use the time however you wish? Mm-hmm. It's it's a bit of both. Um, because there's 45 minutes, you're like, wow, that's a long time. Um, I encourage people to not go straight for their bits um, and to explore and try out, like, are there different erogenous zones that maybe you don't check out a lot? Don't forget your nipples, like things like that. Um, what's going on? Like maybe you touch your ear or play with your scalp or all these things, you know, we're a whole sensory being from head to toe. It's like, oh, yeah, genitals are nice. <laughs> There's a whole other mix of things happening. Yeah. So um, and I definitely think each time if someone comes, continues and comes back to, you know, maybe start with the genitals, back off and then come back to it or do. There's a whole variety of, you know, there's endless possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. So do you. Got, you said that you give a little bit of feedback and whatnot. So, but when you actually start, is it kind of just whenever you're ready, go? Or do you actually walk people through like now's the warm up and now's the, you know, now it's time to cool down and and do you make suggestions <laughs> like everybody, everybody now do touch your bits? <laughs> right. No, it's very much on 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 their own. Um, after the intro and everything, so I'll say okay, and now like put the last finishing touches like on your little cozy nest area. Um, If you need to use the restroom, I encourage people to do that. So that's a little bit of like time. Uh, uh, And then I have a playlist. Usually it's about 45 minutes long, depending on how generous or (laughs) what have you um, I am. And so that will kind of uh, set the tone. And sometimes like I'm trying to see like what songs will evoke, what kind of emotions will come up for people. Um, uh, and so I do a two song warning so that they know that the playlist is coming to an end. But it's not just like I got I had feedback from students like one song was really not enough of a warning. So can we have more? I'm like, OK, two song warning. That way they know, OK, start wrapping it up. Hopefully yeah. achieve your or get to your intentions if you haven't yet or. Uh, what have you. And then after that, we have five minutes of silent savoring. So just stillness. You don't have to analyze what just happened. What does it mean? Oh, God. Um, Just sort of marinate and see like what maybe what did come up for you or um, but you don't have to like piece it apart. Sure. And try to also stay present in that time and breathe and not okay, cool, so that was great and had all the orgasms or not or whatever and what does this mean and I have to, you know, have to go do laundry and take the kids to school tomorrow and all the, th- all the stuff, yeah, you yeah. know. Stay in the moment. It's super hard. Yeah. It takes a lot, a lot of practice. I'm sure. I'm mm-hmm. sure to be that present. I mean, sexual play in general, I think, centers us in some ways, many ways. You know, the pleasure is so, I feel like it's one, the one time that it really brings us to that moment mm-hmm. of, especially with orgasm, it is like, you can't think about anything else. It's like awesome that way. Um, but I imagine being around other people and also that it was this whole, it wasn't just getting off. It was this whole experience, you know. Mm-hmm. How how often is it like, do people try to climax or is it, do they try to kind of withhold their orgasm to the end or how does mm-hmm. that work? It definitely varies. Um, and, and I encourage people to make sounds as well because so often, particularly, you know, growing up and all this stuff where you're always surrounded by people or you have roommates or whatever. So you're, you're, you have this ingrained thing or a lot of people do have this ingrained thing of masturbate super quietly like a ninja and no one, no one will, no one will oh, know, God. Yeah. you know, and don't like very still and all this stuff. So um, that's the main thing is like I encourage um, sound. And so you'll hear sometimes 
I try to breathe really loudly because also I forget because I'm human as much like I have the tools, but I don't always remember to implement them all the time. Um, so it's it's an interesting thing of uh, trying to breathe loudly and encourage. And like I try to get up even when I'm having resistance of like, uh, I'm really cozy here. So but also have to honor my own process as well. And sometimes I do the things that I need to do for me. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's so cool to hear people um their their breaths and their moans and like what are they up to and all this kind of it's 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 delicious and sometimes there's this wave that catches ah I've imagined this like thing. chorus of moaning it mm-hmm. sounds awesome it has like, been. I feel it's like amazing. that is that must be really I feel like it would be comforting to be in this room of people all moaning together like there's this unity and I think that would take away a lot of the the kind of inhibitions mm-hmm. absolutely it's I think, yeah, so you're not just kind of like, okay, I'm doing this thing alone in the dark, yeah, kind of, but other people are doing similar-ish things parallel to me. It's, oh, it's amazing. amazing. Can people bring toys or is this supposed oh, to be? Oh, I highly encourage this. Oh, really? Cool. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, we have outlets too. So I'm like, if you have plugins, like, you you know, there's outlets on the perimeter. So, um, <laughs> but no, and I also have like some, I, I offer lube packets, I offer coconut oil and uh, all the stuff. So, uh suggestion like bring a towel mind your fluids that's <laughs> mind kind your of fluids. <laughs> <laughs> i love that you know that's a slogan we don't hear very often <laughs> but it's a good one i i appreciate that very much um so we got this question from a listener and it's not about orgasmic yoga it doesn't tie into that but i have a feeling that orgasmic yoga might be a helpful tool for people who are struggling in this way so this question comes from tj who wanted to know this from Dr. Megan. I want to learn how to control my sexual feelings, which keep me from concentrating at work. I think about sex too much. So TJ, thank you for your question. I actually chatted with Dr. Megan about this in a recent uh, chat we recorded. And I wanted to share her thoughts with you um, kind of about, I asked her, you know, where does that line stand as far as when, you know, sexual thoughts are just lots of sexual thoughts or is it actual sexual compulsivity and here is a bit of that chat well i think that one of the things that um we think about in terms of any out of control sexual behavior is that it causes personal distress and it sounds like the fact that this person's aware of not giving full attention and it's impacting work i mean that's another criteria you know does a behavior you know porn you know thinking about sex any substance is it impacting, we call it your social or occupational functioning? You know, that's a very heady word <laughs> to think about it. But the point is, yeah, that should be a flag, right? When all of a sudden something's taking on a bigger meaning, you know, it's one thing that you love chocolate ice cream or you love sex, but when all of a sudden it gets a, it's a, it got an obsessive quality to it, um, that's the part to me that's sort of a flag. And I don't have enough here to sort of make a diagnosis, but you know, it sounds like this person has a distress. They're recognizing that it's more than what they would like it to be. And I would really encourage them to, you know, sort of see a qualified sex therapist and ASECT, which is the American Association of Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. Uh, all those are qualified sex therapists to help really, uh, I think, do a, a thorough assessment. Um, because again, I'm not sure what's contributing to that, you know, he might just be a high libido, high testosterone um, guy, you know, and 
But is this how it's always been for him? Or is it more importantly, that's one of the questions we always ask is, is it like, is it just now? Is it situational? Is it global? How long have you been experiencing this? And if you've experienced this your whole life, then how or why right now is it more problematic? There's a lot of questions, I think, that um, would be helpful for him to explore. Sure. And whether the person is finding ways to act on their sexuality too. You know, I've heard from people who never masturbate, but think about sex a lot. And not that it's bad to think about sex, but I think sometimes it can be too, that you're maybe withholding parts of you too. Is that right? I think that's a, you know, it's interesting because certainly from a religious perspective, um, you know, some people feel like they can't masturbate to ejaculation. Um, and I certainly can't comment on, um, you know, the role of someone's religious beliefs. But I, I do think that in general, from a uh, physiological and uh, neurotransmitter perspective, it's like masturbation and reaching orgasm, orgasm equals dopamine, it equals oxytocin, it equals a release of tension in the body and potentially a release of tension from those thoughts. So again, if this is somebody who... Um, is doesn't have religious reasons and masturbation is um something that is feels like it can be on their plate then you know it's a question like hey and if i relieve that tension by masturbation oh do i get the relief and i'm good for days or weeks or is it compulsive again and it's like as soon as i get that release like 20 30 minutes later even less than i'm like feeling like i'm back on that that rat wheel yeah yeah that makes a a lot of sense. Absolutely. There's so many factors involved here, but I love what you said about, you know, really exploring and, and speaking with a professional because chances are, it sounds like this person probably feels some shame around it. And, uh, I'm sure there's a lot that can be done that could be really helpful. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's important that you brought up the shame because I think, unfortunately, especially again, bringing the religious piece up, a lot of people can feel shame about their sexuality or exploring their turn-ons and, um, you know, I think that, again, the thing about shame versus guilt, shame is not only my thinking, do I think what, I, what I'm thinking I think is bad, it, it's as if you feel like I'm bad. Um, and it's a very toxic sort of emotion. So I think there's a lot to explore there. Um, and I think it's just giving people permission to explore their turn-ons and what works for them. But again, the fact that this person feels like it's impacting their work. It, it, it just feels like it's out of control. And that's the part that I think is the biggest flag. Thanks again, Dr. Megan. Everybody check her out at greatlifegreatsex.com. TJ, I hope that was helpful for you. I thought that was really interesting what she said, you know, about uh, we talked about the shame and also if it's something that is creating, you know, negative feelings for you, that that is so valid and needs to be addressed or is worthy of support, uh, you know, no matter what kind of all the factors are involved with this. And Victoria, I've I read on some message boards about people with different kinds of sexual com compulsive mm -hmm. behaviors who found yoga and breathing and mindfulness exercise really helpful. And I wondered if people have compulsive behaviors, whether it's about sex or you know, OCD or compulsive anxiety, do you see this kind of practice as being a potential therapy? Oh, the word therapy makes me a little nervous, but um, I definitely think it, it's, it, it can be a useful tool for people yeah. because it gives us options. It, you know, adds to our erotic and mindful menu of things to do. So it's not 
uh, uh, one of the huge things around orgasmic yoga also, um, or at least can be, uh, is uh, to move away from outside stimulus like porn and uh, fantasies, which can be super difficult, but also like they're great. And I highly, you know, I love porn and <laughs> I love fantasies, but um, it's just giving us an option to um, see what we can generate just in our bodies and through breath, through mindfulness, through movement and pairing all of these like spinning plates, but, you know, pairing all these things together um, to see like what comes up. Is it different? Does it enhance it? Um, can you bring this into partnered situations? I love that. I love that. And it's so interesting because I actually heard from a young man who was in his like early 20s. He told me that his peers when they when they masturbate, they associate the word masturbation with porn. Mm -hmm. It's the only way they ever masturbate. Yeah. And like you said, you know, porn can be a really healthy, wonderful thing for a lot of people. Um, but if it is the only way you ever experience pleasure, sure. then you don't know what it's like to, mm -hmm. to really only be with your body. And imagine that that can be a challenge. It, do you have any tips for somebody who wants to try try some sort of, whether it's orgasmic yoga or, or simply try masturbating without fantasizing? Like, how do you move away from those thoughts that you're so used to Definitely. having? Definitely. Um, I think having a playlist really helps. Um, being kind of mindful around, like, what sort of songs you're you're using. Um, and so that at least gives you, like, a time frame. Whether it's, you know, 15 minutes or 30 minutes or 45 minutes or whatever, um, that at least gives you, so you don't have to stare at the clock so you know that you have that set and from there the you know songs or you know whether it's just instrumental or whether there's lyrics it will bring up different things for you and from there really just focusing like it can be it's super elementary but like start head to toe what is going on you know if you touch your play with your hair or play with your scalp your ears your neck and and work your way down um there's there's no wrong way to do it <laughs> but i encourage people to just you know step out of the box a little bit and uh just see maybe a light bulb moment will happen where they're like oh wow i didn't know that if i like touch the backs of my thighs that's like super erotic which also that's you know pro tip <laughs> the, ba the backs of thighs like get don't get any attention and we're sitting all the time that so. is so interesting i read there was a study talking about different areas that people were mm -hmm. found very erogenous and they were the ones that don't get touched very often yeah. so but Makes i sense. hadn't thought of that the backs of my thighs hmm. mm. yes that feels quite good <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna have to play with that some more later uh, that's so interesting so tell us about maybe without obviously sharing any names what are some of kind of the examples or Stories of people who come in, what experiences could you share with us that might shed some light on, you know, what, what this is all like? Definitely. Um, yeah, it's everyone obviously comes to it from a different uh, perspective and everyone has their background that they have. But um, I think the main thing ends up being that people want a new way to connect to themselves. A lot of the times um, we are so... Uh, so we're people pleasers. We want to get our partners off. We want to know how to please others. Um, and we forget about ourselves. And uh, particularly one one comment, because um, also I invite some sharing at the end. So it's not just like, okay, cool. Now get out. Like it's, you know, we process a little bit. Um, uh, one of the things a student said after the savoring was, um, it was kind of sad. They felt kind of, I'm paraphrasing and it's not exact and 
uh, you know, whatever. But uh, basically, like, they're so used to after, you know, all the like the being naked in a group wasn't a problem and having the orgasms wasn't a problem in a group. But like, usually they cuddle with someone or there's some kind of thing that happens where they're with a partner. So it's not just like, oh, I'm sitting, I'm left hanging like by myself. And how do I self-soothe or self-care now in this space? wow, that's super powerful. It's like, yeah, you have to kind of be able to be okay with yourself. Yeah. Um, that's definitely one that stuck out. And other things where um, it, uh, like people are maybe recovering from surgeries or have been, you know, uh, you know, post-cancer treatments and whatnot, and they're able to reconnect with their body in different ways and um, find new ways to have orgasms maybe they can't have them generally uh or uh so many things just discovering all the new sensations that a body can have after you know a traumatic situation or what have you interesting Mm -hmm. interesting so are your classes weekly i so far since september i've had uh two a month in la um and November is like my one year anniversary of having them consistently at least one a month Aww, since last November. That's <laughs> huge. It is. I it's you know I don't know where the time went. Um, and I have had a couple series. Series? Series? <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird word, isn't it? Right? Series. series. Um, uh, I had a six week series uh, February to March here in LA. So that was weekly. Um, and I had a little mini series up in Sacramento. Um, the folks with Sex Positive Sacramento were super helpful in all the local stuff that I needed. Um, uh, so three evenings in a row. So that was like, okay, quick. Like, we got to dive into this. Um, so you could do intensives or mm-hmm. like a 30-day challenge on your yeah. own or three times a week or month, weekly, monthly. Is it – do you see benefit, I imagine, like with, with typical yoga or any kind of, mm-hmm. you know, program that you're doing, consistency is pretty important. Oh, yes. Do you find that's the case? Absolutely. And so as the person who's probably done the most because I'm the one leading the thing, um, it's – I will say – so sure, I'm not like constantly embodied and breathing and all the things all the time. Um, you maybe can't, I don't know. Um, but I have the tools and so it's easier for me to sink into things. Um, maybe than it was even a year ago when I like officially started this practice. Um, so being able to sort of, you know, obviously put the phone away and all this stuff and be able to be present, um, and facilitate. It's a very interesting um, set of skills to do your process and monitor other processes. Um, so definitely consistency will help things anchor better. Um, it'll help uh, also like it builds community. You know, you meet other people who are kind of interested in this other thing around being a pleasure revolutionary. Um, and it definitely will help, you know, work on body image issues if you have them or just all the slew of things in this realm, mm. um, connecting to your your gender presentation, expression, et cetera, if you need to or want to. It's, uh, you know, it's, there's so, the, the umbrella is huge. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have access to your class, so you're not in the Los Angeles area and you want to maybe do this on your own or with a partner or with a small group of friends, any tips for kind of getting that started? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I definitely, I have, you know, stuff on my site also um feel free to ship me up to wherever yeah, you are what, what is your site again um sexologist vixen v-i-x-e-n-n-e dot com okay. um so i've written a bunch about my 
uh, own experience and uh, whatnot with the class. Um, but definitely um, uh, the playlist is a big thing. And that's going to vary according to who your musical tastes are and whoever's leading it and all that. Um, but that's great for the time management. So you don't always have to be like staring at the clock and doing math and you're trying to also do you know, your process. Um, and be sure to have boundaries and expectations a little bit. It's not like expectations like, okay, so everyone will have three orgasms in this 45 minutes, but more like, okay, um, you know, uh, there's not going to be any touching or, you know, you build the rules around how you want it to go and make sure that everyone is clear on what it's going to look like. Sure. So it's not the that boundaries and limits aren't crossed and all that fun yeah. stuff. Do you think there's benefit to starting by yourself before you invite other people over to join you? Hmm. Or they're just two totally different things. They are two totally different things. I think the group um, lends a bit of accountability to it. So someone can kind of keep you on task and um, and that sort of thing. Um, and vulnerability, also the en- right? And vulnerability and the energy is different. When I did the 30-day challenge, so I did do it every day. And it wasn't always mm-hmm. super erotic every time. Sometimes I was like really angry or going through um, some family issues or whatever. So it was all I could do to simply follow like a meditation app and just breathe for the 30 minutes. I love that you said that because that just is like you have permission to not make this an erotic experience mm-hmm. because already when we think of this, I think it's so easy to think I must be sensual in a cool way. I must, <laughs> I must be moaning. I must be I must at least have one orgasm, you know, like but actually it's OK to be yeah. angry or frustrated. Oh, or absolutely. Just, yeah. So you would just do this with an app and. So, yeah, there was at least one time where there was absolutely no erotic connection at all. I was, you know, in a lot of pain and all this stuff. So it was but I made the and it was towards the beginning of the practice. So I was like, I don't want to cop out now. That would, you know, kind of be awful. Um, You know, sticking through things is a thing that I need to work on. But, um, yeah, so uh, at least I knew that I set the time aside. So I have to show up however I show up for that amount of time and uh it's it's huge and i we it it could be applied to so many areas of our life you know going to the gym or eating a certain way or you know you know being active or limiting our you know technology use or any of these things but consistency if you say da 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 30 minutes try your hardest to stick to it and see like does it how does it work by the end of the set time that you have know a month or however long and is that kind of the minimum you'd want to go for i know dr martha also said 30 minutes do you think that there's because i guess if it's really short it kind of steps into that sort of getting off quickie Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so is it better to start with kind of you know a bit of a longer yeah i would say about 30 minutes is probably a, a good um beginner point so it's a probably a longer amount of time than people would self-pleasure usually um or i don't know i don't know what people do um mm-hmm. marathon masturbation sessions that sounds awesome too yeah. um but it's at least a good amount of time so it's you're able to use the breath and the mindfulness and the movement to sort of sink into your body rather than just sort of okay 15 minutes it's you know what it, what is that what i don't, I don't know what that is <laughs> yeah yeah um so and of course, you know the upper end of that 
could be, you know, how, how much time do you have in a day and you're able to turn off your phone or what, what have you to yeah. be present. So we're all I busy. Could, totally. I could imagine even, you know, if you have like a day job schedule, mm-hmm. getting up a little early to do this, I imagine setting the tone with that mindfulness and yeah. connecting with your whole body. And that's that could be that's a good start to the day. Yeah. So not a morning person. But like, <laughs> luckily, I don't have a nine don't to five. Have schedule. Good, good. Yes. <laughs> Work with your own body clock. Yes. Yes, absolutely. What has this practice and this year of, of teaching and working with this medium taught you about your own sexuality? Mm, that's an awesome question. Um, I, I think my main thing is really focusing in on my breathing and that it's and I'll forget I will forget from month to month or session to session oh yeah my breath is like really crucial and enhances everything and so it's always this light bulb moment where like uh, well for example recently um the last one we had I kind of went into a trance state so I don't know how you trans go into kind of a trance state and keep facilitating somehow I think I did it um, and I was laughing really hard and everyone was like, kind of like, <laughs> I joked, like, did you notice me laughing? So just being able to kind of be in my space and be in my body, um, is, it's particularly as someone who's, you know, a person of size, fat person, it's fine. Uh, so being able to like really love the things that my body can do for me and being able to feel and see and even like, you know, oh, darn it, I'm not so in love with like my belly or whatever. But you know what? It still has sensation and it feels nice and whatever. And it's soft and (laughs) all these things. So sending some love and um, uh, just, yeah, being able to also hold space for other people's processes, I think, has been really huge. Mm. Um, uh, And just being encouraging. I don't have all the answers. (laughs) But I hope to at least, you know, hold space for people and their process and be a jumping off point is that your what you most hope people take away or what is sort of the biggest takeaway you hope to provide uh definitely to just explore and expand connect with your breath um and 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 take it outside of the space that we're doing this practice in take it into your bedroom take it into the kitchen you know take it into your your partner experiences um uh, might seem awkward at first like hey honey can we breathe together but it's it enhances things it changes it changes the way you feel because the more you breathe the more you feel yeah. and not to get all sciencey and because i don't also know all the sciencey parts of it but you know it oxygenates the blood and it's oh yeah uh, more you know alert more able to feel sensations yeah, yeah. so just add to the menu I love Whether that. it's orgasmic yoga or just even exploratory masturbation, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of check it out. Use the other hand, use a toy, um, stand up or lie down or alter something. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's so much we can do. Yeah. Can even totally if you change creative. one thing in your session, like maybe it'll take a little longer because it's not your tried and true way of getting off. But it. It, it like changes and it, it's creating these neural pathways in our mind to find other ways to make it a little bit easier or different to find pleasure. Yeah, yeah. I love the term you used earlier, pleasure revolutionary. That's powerful. I definitely did not come up with that. It's awesome, though. Mm-hmm. It's cool, yeah. which obviously we are both pleasure revolutionaries. Yeah, for sure. I know many people listening are. Uh, so aside from the orgasmic meditation and also masturbation, what are some other ways to be that? 
Uh, I definitely encourage people, you know, there's so many books, um, you know, there's so many different, if you live in Los Angeles, especially, there's so many events to go to and classes, um, whether it's, you know, on just general sexuality stuff or maybe kink related stuff or um, things around um, non-monogamy. There's so many different things. And even maybe if it's not all things you're so into, I think it's worthwhile to at least, you know, go to something, listen, also hear different voices on that topic. Um, I know like one of the first times I went to like a, a Tantra class, for example, um, I was a talk only class, but I just did not vibe off of the people who were teaching it. So I'm like, ugh, this Tantra thing. Whoa. Um, but then I, I went and read Urban Tantra by Barbara Corellis. I think that's correct. Um, and I was like, oh, wait, this is really cool. This resonates in a different way. Um, so know that people are teaching or writing from their own lens and their perspective. So it may or may not resonate with you. Don't necessarily dismiss something out of hand just for that. So definitely um, find different avenues of things that are in your interest or not and just Listen, hear it yeah, out. Yeah, listen, explore. There's so much information out there. Mm -hmm. And your wonderful site. Remind us again where we can learn more about you, your website, and also your best social media. Yeah, so uh, sexologist, vixen, V-I-X-E-N-N-E dot -N -N -E com is my website. Um, I'm at Dr. Vixen uh, and most social media. I think I'm on Twitter the most, Instagram. I'm on all the things. I'm a millennial. Uh. <laughs> Good thing you do that orgasmic yoga, Victoria. <laughs> Between all of your your technology, it's really important, right? It's, the more techie we are. Like, yes, indeed. <sighs> Just do some kegels while your social media doing yeah. stuff. Totally. Bonus. Why not? Bonus round. Kegel tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag, Hashtag kegel tweeting. You heard it here first. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. You're amazing. Thank you for having me. For more sexy awesomeness, you can also hop over to thepleasurechest.com. They have all kinds of great resources. Uh, they've helped pioneer sex-positive culture since the early 1970s with a focus on education, enjoyment, and inclusivity. And as you all probably know by now, I'm kind of obsessed with them. They also have an amazing brick-and-mortar store here in L.A., one in New York one in Chicago. So find them on social media, check out all their great stuff. They have free workshops and you get a discount when you shop in the store. If you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, please subscribe on iTunes so you will never miss a beat and consider leaving us a simple review while you're there. For extras and a whole lot more, visit augustmclaughlin.com or girlboner.org. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.